Colossians chapter 3 in your Bible. We're going to start, just for context, because we've been in here a long time in Colossians, but we're going to start reading in verse number 1. By the way, if you need an outline, would you just raise your hand real quick? It's, it was in your bulletin, so there, there's a few. If one of y'all, thanks, Jeremy. One of y'all, just keep it, your hand up while Jeremy comes around. Thank you. But Colossians 3, verse number 1. So follow along, okay? Colossians 3 in your Bible. Verse number 1, the Bible says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. So because we're risen with Christ, we've got Jesus in us, life should be different. Verse number two, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them. But now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord, and whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. So, so far, all of that, is it speaking to just a few people or is it talking to the whole church? The whole church, right? Not just one, right? The whole church, nod your head, yes? All right, good. Uh, but... We saw last week that there are some specific commands for specific roles, different people, that they are to really watch. They're supposed to do all those things. All of us are supposed to do all those things. But there are a few things, different positions, wives, husbands, children, fathers, parents, masters, servants, that we're supposed to really pay attention to as people that are risen with Christ. Christ is in us, we're in Christ. Last week we saw, verse number 18, wives... Submit yourselves to your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. So raise your hand if you are a wife. Raise your hand real high. Real hand if you're, okay, good, good. Okay, next, verse 19. Husbands, love your wives, be not bitter against them. Raise your hand if you're a husband. Okay, wow, a lot of husbands. Or maybe just more confident in raising your hand, okay? No, verse number 20. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Raise your hand if you're a children. Okay, not as clear. Now, there are, that's a lot of hands. And I was counting up here. And uh, there's, I think I counted 17 children. Uh, there's more children that didn't happen to, to come up, that didn't know the song or whatever, but uh, there's a lot of children here. So number one in your outline this morning, number one, children, children. Our whole sermon is verse number 20. So if you raise your hand a second ago that you're a children, uh, you're a child, um, I'm talking to you. This morning I told Noel that... Um, the message was only for children, and they were like, really? <laughs> yes, yes, it is. It is only for children. Uh, because the Bible has a lot to say about being a child. You know, when you talk about uh, what you're going to be when you grow up, 
or you ask a child, what are you going to do when you graduate? Do you remember those questions when you were in high school? How, how are you supposed to know, right? You're 17, 18 years old. What's your whole life going to be now? Like, I don't know, man. I'm just I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, but God, God's will is not future. God's will is present. God has a will in the future for all of us, but God has a will for us to do today. And that's the same for children as well. Whether you're five years old or 97 years old or four years old, whatever, God has a will for you. And for a child, that is to obey your parents in all things as it is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Now, if your child, don't groan, okay? <laughs> I'm going to help you today. I really am going to help you. So I'm always a, a man who likes to know what we're talking about. What is the definition of the term? And so when you read children in there, you might be overlaying your culture uh, mindset of when a person stops becoming a child, when they are a child. So obviously the people that were up here this morning, would you agree that those are children? Yeah, that's easy, right? They're, they're obviously children. In America today, when you turn 18, you become an adult. So magically, by the law, I understand why we have to do that, but you're an adult now. 17, the night before, 18 now, now I am an adult. In the Bible, in the Jewish law, you were 20 years old uh, when you became an adult. Adults, the, that word's not in the Bible. It's, it's man or woman and then child. Oftentimes, it's overlaid with youth, kind of blurred between youth and child in the Bible. But when you read it here, children obey your parents it's not so much about an age, but it's about where you come from. So all the time, like if you can be a children of uh, a child of Jerusalem, it doesn't mean that you are a boy or a girl, a little kid anymore. It's just that that's where you came from. I will always be a child of Chris and Kim Stansel. Always. Even though I'm not a little boy anymore, I am still their child. You understand what I'm saying? And so when, when you get to this, okay, do I need to obey or not? Am I a child still or not? It, it's really, if, if you have to ask that, then you're probably not quite there because what God is looking for when he's looking for obedience is from the heart. It's not, now I don't have to obey anymore because if you're a teenager and you're looking forward to the day you turn 18 so you don't have to obey anymore, I doubt very much you're obeying right now because it's a heart thing, okay? So children, number two in your outline, obey your parents in all things. Children, obey your parents in all things. So you're a child, uh, obviously, if you're still living at home. I mean, when I was uh, at 20 years old, I was in Bible college, and even, uh, I, I guess I lived at home till I was 22 when I got married, and then we lived on our own, obviously. Um, but uh, still, though, even though I was at Bible college 2,006 miles away from door to door, from uh, Springfield, Tennessee to Lancaster, California, I still, any big decisions or anything of my parents said, you know, you really shouldn't take that job or you really shouldn't date that girl. They never said that with Kara, but uh, they would have been ridiculous. They were like, thank the Lord somebody likes our, our son. No, but uh, no, no. But, uh, you know, I would have uh, deferred to their authority in my life. Uh, obedience is, is very important in a child. You know, children, raise your hand if you're a child again. Raise your hand if you're a child. Okay. Obedience is God's will for your life today. You cannot live in obedience to God and be right with God while disobeying your parents. Now, real quick, just in case somebody gets upset, I'm not talking about abuse or sin. Children, obey your parents. And Ephesians says, in the Lord, for this is right. We ought to obey God rather than men. So if you know, a, a parent tells a child to sin, then you know, a decision has to be made or, 
or, you know, or commit sin against them, of course. You know, it's better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he were tossed in the sea, Jesus said, than if he were to offend one of these little ones. And so the Lord does not look kindly on that. But what we're talking about is just day-to-day leadership in a child's life. And children, children, the Bible says, obey your parents. So if you're a child, look at Colossians 3, verse number 20. Everybody look there. If you are able to read at all, Colossians 3, verse 20 Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Now, I'd like everybody in the church to read it together. Colossians 3.20, ready, begin. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Let's do it again. Everybody, ready, go. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Now, let's have 18 and under. 18 and under. It's got to be eight. Okay, ready, Go. Children, obey your parents in all things. Good job. I heard a couple of voices here. Let's do it again. All the children, really loud. Ready? Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Now, the loudest person I'm going to give a piece of candy to. Ready? Children, go. Children, obey. For this is. Okay, let's see. I think it was somebody over here. Who thinks they were the loudest? Just remind me. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Sam, are you? Oh, no, it's Jake raising his hand. Okay, yeah. Children, obey your parents in all things. What child can raise their hand and tell me what obey means? What do you think, Baylor? To do something good. Okay. Who else? That's good. Run me your name. So- so- Solomon. Okay, this is going to be a good answer. Okay. That, that is like right on. Yeah, that is a wise answer. Yes, I cannot dispute it. Good. Who else? Who other, what other child can give me a definition of obedience? Jace. To follow. Good. What about you, Keegan? To listen. Good. What other child can give a... Whenever, what, do it What? Oh, that's my child right there. Whenever somebody tells you something, you do it right away. There's that addendum there. That's exactly right. And that, what do you think, Joy? Bread and butter. Do it right away and don't argue or backtalk. Yes, yes, yes. What do you think, Judd? Don't do anything wrong. Good. What do you think, Jake? Whoa, 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 whoa. What? To do what daddy says. Good, good. I'll I'll get you all next for the next question. I'm out of candy. Okay, so there's actually three elements, three things that have to happen in order for real obedience to take place. And this is very important, children, to do what your parents want you to do, to do it right away, do right away, and to do it with a good attitude. Do it with a good attitude. All three of those things have to be there in order for obedience to take place, okay? So number one, do what they want you to do right away. And the reason I, don't, I didn't write in there, do what they say, is because obedience happens even when your parents aren't around. There are some things, right, kids, you know your parents want you to do even when they're not around, right? Don't eat this cookie, and then they leave the room. Well, what about tomorrow when there's cookies on the, the counter? They haven't told you lately to not eat the cookies. Should you eat a cookie? Yeah, you know what your parents want, even though they haven't necessarily said it, 
but an obedient child, an obedient person is going to say, I know my parents want, so I'm going to do it. So do it. You have to obey. The second thing is to do it right away. Do it right away. All right. So I'm here. I've got my phone. Maybe I'm a little bit older. I'm texting my friends, or maybe I'm younger and I'm, you know, watching a Cocoa Melon or something. And mom says, uh, Sam, can you be my dad? Okay. <laughs> can, you, can, can, can you say, son, put your phone away? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Did I obey? No. Was that obedience or disobedience? Why was it disobedience? I did it. I didn't do it right away. Exactly. I didn't do it right away. So eventual obedience is not obedience. Obedience is yes, sir, and you do it right away. The third thing you have to do is have a good attitude. Somebody tell me what a good attitude is. Some child, raise your hand. Let me get the candy. Go back here. Some child, tell me what a good attitude is. What does it mean to have a good attitude? Yes. To listen. Okay. What do you think a good attitude is? To not back talk. I just love that. No back talk. That's my favorite thing to hear. To not back talk. What, what else is a good attitude? Anybody else have an idea? Did you say, what do you think? To do it with a smile on your face. Nice. That's it. What do you think? Positive. Did you come up with that all? What a genius, child. What do you think, Knox? What's a good attitude? What's that? No back talk. I love that, guys. If that's all you remember today, kids, no back talk. That is awesome. Okay, I think just about every kid is. What do you think having a good attitude is? What do you think? To do what they say? Here, have a lollipop. There you go. Okay, so basically, I'm running low on good candy. Basically, you know it when you see it, right? You can see it on somebody's face. In the Bible, a lot of times it's called your spirit, like how you come across, what you're feeling in your heart. Because remember, God doesn't just want you to do what your parents say. He wants you to do it sweetly with a good spirit, happy about it. Okay, Brother Sam, if you wouldn't mind again, tell me to put my phone away. Yes, sir. Okay, was that obedience or disobedience? Why? I did it, and I did it right away. I had a bad attitude. <laughs> I huffed and puffed about it, right? That's not obedience. So all three things have to take place. So children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. So when daddy, mommy says, do this, you say, yes, sir. That's, I love to hear that. Sometimes we're, we worked on it, and we have wonderful, excellent, obedient children. For the most part, I'm proud of them. But we had to work on, do this. Oh, but I, but I, but I, I just went, I went, I went. Well, all I needed was yes, sir. That's all I needed to hear. And they're very good at it. And they do it all the time, for the most part. And yes, sir. When mommy says, well, they're, they're a little bit, they know they can uh, get around mommy a little bit more. But so if, if I'm in, in earshot, hey, go clean up your room. But I just went, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes, ma'am. They know. They already know. They already know what they should have said. That's important. So all three things have to be present for obedience to take place. You have to do what your parents want you to do, do it right away, and to have a good attitude. And that good attitude is important. And here's why. Because, now, raise your hand if you think you're a child. That's not derogatory. I mean, it's not a bad thing. I mean, it's, uh, raise your hand if you are under 20 years old. Okay? Raise your hand if you have or have had parents in your life. Okay, yeah, so a little more. So, so the, the reason that doing it with a good spirit is important is because 
while today, if my parents were to call me and they were to demand that I go eat at Cracker Barrel this afternoon, or they were to demand that I switch cable providers or something like, I would say, well, I'll think about it. I appreciate your advice. See, because I'm not under their direct supervision, their direct authority rule anymore, you know? But what never ends, never ends, no matter where you live, is honor. Honor. All right, kids, say honor with me. Ready? Honor. Honor. Now, honor is, is very much like obedience, but Honor will produce obedience. It's like this. You respect your parents. When they're not around, you do what would make them proud. You know, adults, you might remember this. You know who I love for honor in the Bible to, to his parents is Jonathan. And Jonathan, I just something about that guy. I just love him already when I hear his name. But Jonathan was Saul's son. Remember Saul, that first king of Israel? Bad king. Remember that? Not a good king. Real bad. And then Jonathan's best friend. Anybody remember who Jonathan's best friend was? It was David, remember that? Now, did Saul like David? No, Jonathan's dad hated David, but not because David was a bad guy. David was a really good guy, but Saul was just an ungodly man. He was a bad man, you know, sorry, but, but, but he really was. But so Jonathan's kind of in a bad spot. Jonathan wants to please God. He wants to do what God wants him to do, but Jonathan's dad is not a perfect man. And Jonathan's best friend, David, who's gonna be the next king, Saul is literally trying to kill. Now, is that a good thing or a bad thing? That's a bad thing, right? You shouldn't murder, all right? So, uh, and so Jonathan is kind of stuck here, but you never see in the Bible through all of that, Jonathan going against his dad or betraying his friendship with David or displeasing God. You never find anything negative or bad spoken of against Jonathan. So he honored his dad while also pleasing the Lord and being a loyal friend. You can do it. Now, again, I'm not talking about kids submitting to sin. If, you're, if your dad says, you've got to drink this liquor, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, okay, I have to, no, 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 no. We're not talking about that, but we're talking about day to day. I want to please my parents. I want to honor them. I want to love them. So that's why attitude is important. And that's all over the Bible. From Genesis to Revelation, Mark 7:10. for Moses said, Jesus is talking, honor thy father and thy mother, and whoso curseth father or mother, let him die the death. Can I just tell you, kids, praise the Lord Praise God that you don't live in Old Testament Israel, because here's why. There would be no rebellious kids, because if you're reading through, anybody read through their Bible ever? You're, you're, okay, have you ever read where it's like if, if a kid backtalks, he literally gets taken out of the city and stoned to death? Have you seen that? Like, whoa, I, that, that's what God thinks. Now, we're under grace now, okay? We're not going to do that, but, but that's what God originally thought of children being rebellious to their parents. It was so important. We're going to talk about why in a second. It was so important to God that children obey and honor their parents. He, he is not fond of bratty behavior. He doesn't like that at all. Um, in Proverbs 23, 22, hearken unto thy father that begot thee and despise not thy mother when she is old. So uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you have living parents, you should live a life of honor to them. Always honor them. The Lord likes that. So here's why. Number three, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. This is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Okay, young people, why do you obey your parents? I have a, have a few reasons jotted down here. First, and most obviously, is because it makes God very happy. Look in that verse again. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. All right, children, young people, look right up here. Raise your hand if you want to make God happy. Okay, if you want to make God happy, you need to obey your parents. You are not making God happy when you disobey your parents. Did you hear me there? 
That's just the fact. You want to please God. You want to do what God wants you to do. It's well-pleasing. Hey, when, when I find out what God likes, I want to do more of that thing. I want to make God happy. And God said, children, here's your opportunity. Obey your parents in all things. That means, does that mean take out the trash? Does that include take out the trash? Does that mean uh, put your phone down? That's included. I mean, I can't think of much besides, you know, the, the outlier exception about sin. Or I can't really think of anything. Your parents say, hey, I need you to uh, buckle your seatbelt. I need you to get in the car. We're going to leave. Oh, but I just wanted to spend a few more minutes here. No, disobedience. Obey your parents in all things. Why? Because it makes God happy. It makes God happy. Ephesians 6.1, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Now, this is important. This is important. Kid, raise your hand. All, all children, raise your hand. Look at me. You're looking at me. Okay. You obey your parents, not because of who your parents are, but because of who God is. Here, here's what I mean by that. If it's not happened already, you are one day going to discover that your parents are not perfect people that they have told you to do something and yet they have done something else. That they've told you you shouldn't sin or so forth and they have done something. Or maybe you should always be in church, but then they sleep in one Sunday morning and you say, what is this? What's up with that? Now, it's not your job to correct them. That would be rebellion. But you might in your heart say, well, this, this isn't right. Why should I obey somebody who doesn't always do what they tell me to do? Here's why. Here's why. Because it's right. Because it is right. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, not because your parents are perfect or awesome, although your parents are awesome, okay? Just in your mind, they're awesome. But because it is right. It makes God happy. It is right. You obey your parents, not because of them, but because of God. Another reason why children should obey their parents' children, it increases your opportunities. Now, here's a secret. Now, this this is gonna help you so much, young people. When you obey your parents, you get to do more stuff, right? Parents, is that true? Yes or no? That's right, isn't it? If, if your parents know that they can take you to the store and you're not gonna have a meltdown in the middle of the store and you're not gonna steal and you're not gonna backtalk and it's not gonna be a pain, right? They are gonna wanna do more things with you. They will give you more things. They will take you more places. You will enjoy your parents more. When you obey, life is better. That's, that's going to be the, that way your whole life. When you obey God and do what God wants you to do, life is just better. It's simply better in every way. And that's the same when you're a child. And it's up to you. Now, your parents should uh, you know, encourage you to obey, and we'll talk about that at the end. But it's really up to you because they can't affect your spirit. Your spirit, your good attitude, that's up to you. That's a decision between you and God, and, and God will hold you to account for that. Proverbs 10.1 says, A wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. See, if you obey, your, your parents are happy. You can tell, right? When you disobey, your parents are sad. Your parents are not happy. Proverbs 20, verse 11. Even a child is known by his doings, whether his work be pure and whether it be right. Uh, have you ever played basketball or football or soccer, something with, uh, with a boundary line around it, or maybe watched it on TV? Now, the thing about that boundary line is this. You can have a great time within the boundary, you like to play basketball, you can, you can dribble all up and down, you can pretty much do all kinds of stuff within the boundary. But as soon as you put your foot outside the line, or as soon as the ball goes over that line, what happens? The whistle blows. The ref is like, well, and we got to stop. 
and we gotta, the other team gets the ball, and the other team gets the throw, and they mess up your fun. You don't get to play anymore. So when you're watching a college game or an NBA game, you never see a, a player go out of bounds and, well, not typically, go out of bounds, and then the ref blow the whistle, and then the player go, man, they're messing up my game. I can't have fun anymore. They're just ruining my life. They should leave me alone and let me play. No, no. You can play and have a great time within the boundaries. Now, you can have a wonderful childhood, and where does it take place? Within the boundaries. And the boundaries are this. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Next reason, because, listen to this, it has lifelong rewards. Why do you obey your parents, children? Because it has lifelong rewards. Ephesians 2 and 3, am I cutting it out, or is it just me? Just one. Okay, Ephesians 6, verse 2 and 3 says, honor thy father and mother which is the first commandment with promise. So what God is saying is this. He said, if you do this, I promise you something. And he says this, that it may be well with thee, and it should be well, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Whoa. Now, there's no reason to tiptoe around that because that's in several places in the Bible. This is what God says. God says, children, children, if you obey your parents, you honor your father and mother, it's gonna go well with you and you will live longer on this earth than if you had rebelled. Now, that's, that's really something to think about. God says in the Old Testament, that I, uh, maybe the fourth command, I don't remember, but God says in the Old Testament, God says it repeatedly in the New Testament that, listen, kids, listen, you will live longer than, than you otherwise would have if you obey your parents. If you rebel, God says, God says it's not gonna be quite as long. Now, we know children, even before they have the opportunity to rebel, there's been tragedies where their life has been cut short and we have to acknowledge that God is in control. Everybody has a unique thing that God's doing in everybody's life. And so we trust God for that. We have faith for that. But I'm talking about you right now, child. If you want to have a longer life, you will obey. That's what the Bible says. You will be prosperous. God rewards obedience and honor with a good, long life. Now, parents, now I'll talk to you for a second. Parents, do you know why it's important to insist upon that kind of obedience? Okay, just to review, number one, what do you have to do in order to obey? You have to do what your parents want you to do. Number two, when do you have to do it? Right away. When do you have to do it? Right away. And number three, you have to do it with a good attitude. Okay, now parents, it is so much easier. Now kids, don't listen. Parents, it is so much easier just to let them do whatever they want to do in the moment, isn't it? Like, can I watch it? Just please, just go. You know, just please do whatever you want to do. That's fine, go. But why is it important for us to be vigilant in making sure, our, like we, we saw that eye roll, but we don't want to address it because it's just been a long day, you know? Why is it important to insist upon that threefold of that correct obedience? Do it once you do immediately and with a good attitude, why? Now, here's a few bullet points here that I hope will help. First, it will preserve their lives. There are times when immediate, unquestioned obedience means the difference between life and death. Now, it's an easy example. A young child walking towards traffic, if they don't know to obey right away, they could be flattened. You understand, right? Not, not to take it lightly, but when you're walking, when they're, they're heading towards danger, stop. They need to say, yes, sir, and do it right away. Difference between life and death. Um, as they grow older, you might have a bad feeling about a friend or a relationship, boyfriend, girlfriend that they have, or a, a direction that they're heading, and, and you ju it just doesn't sit right with you. They're still living in your house, so they're under your authority, and you say, listen, I want you to break that off. I don't think you ought to be involved with that anymore. That could mean the difference for life or death of them. They could get involved in some kind of substance. You go on and on and on, but you as a parent are God's delegated authority in their life, 
and God will give you wisdom, and you're looking out for them. I mean, nobody loves a child as much as their parents, okay? And you're looking ahead, and you're between you and Lord. I really, it's, I can't put my finger on it, but you need to obey. That could be the difference between life and death. Ephesians 6, 3, remember that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And then there's just that command. Don't you want your kids to live long and for it to be well with them? Then you're going to need to insist on obedience as best you can. Next, it will make them disciplined and controlled adults in a world full of authority they won't always agree with. I'll just, I'm going to read that one more time. It will make them disciplined and controlled adults in a world full of authority they won't always agree with. I'll be honest with you. I, you know, when the Census Bureau sends me a packet and says in big, bold letters, it is required by law for you to do this, it makes me want to do it so much less. Like, you have to do this, right? Because we're all rebels. We don't like to be told what to do. But guess what life is? Life is being told what to do. Life is full of authority. Those pesky speed limit signs, they're always too low. They're ridiculously too low. And yet, when the policeman pulls you over and says, you know how fast you were going? It's like, yeah, I know how fast I was going. Well, you're about the speed limit. Well, I just didn't feel like following the speed limit. It's not fair. The policeman should just let me do whatever I want to do. Hey, drop that. Policeman says, drop that in your hand. You think it might be a gun or something? I will. I will. I'll get to it. I'll do it eventually. No, no, no. You want your kids to grow up to be controlled, disciplined adults then you're going to need to insist on them obeying. They get their first job. The boss says, hey, I need you to go sweep up this pile of whatever. And they say, I don't want to. It's not, no, that's not going to be a functioning adult at all. There will always be authority in your life that tells you to do things that you didn't really want to do. And yet, life is about obedience. Life is about obedience. If a child leaves the home never having learned real obedience with a good spirit, they're very limited in what they'll be able to accomplish in life, okay? So it'll make them controlled adults. Next, number three, it will preserve your own life. Okay, I want my kids to have a nice long life, but I want to have a, a good life as well. It's the difference between a glad life and a heavy life for you. Proverbs 10.1, the Proverbs of Solomon, a wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. Proverbs 19.3, a foolish son is the calamity of his father. It is a burden to have a disobedient child. Next, you will grow old one day and will be thankful you raised responsible, godly adults. I thought about these verses in 1 Timothy 5 where Paul was communicating to Timothy when would be appropriate to support financially widows in the church. And here's what he said, but if any widow have children or nephews, let them learn first to show piety at home and to requite or pay back their parents, for that is good and acceptable before God. But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. So I want to raise a good, godly person that will turn into a good, godly adult because one day I'm going to need them. You see? Very practical. Next, and here, here we go. This is the most important thing for parents. The most important reason to teach your children to obey this way, do what you want them to do right away with a good attitude is because this, you want them to obey their heavenly father the same way. If a child is not gonna obey their parents, they are not gonna obey God. Why is it, and, and I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking here deeply, uh, why is it that children that are in a disciplined home tend to accept Christ at a young age? And I'm just thinking, and I know there's exceptions to that, uh, God can save anybody. God has made the way for everybody to be saved. But a child who, when the authority says do this, they say, yes, sir. When the Holy Spirit presses their heart, repent and be saved, they're much more likely to say, yes, sir. You see? That's important. Because when they grow up, you only have them for this short, short number of years, really. 
and, and they, you know, they're going to be adults, they're going to be grandparents, they're, they're going to leave a legacy of their own for their grandchildren, great-grandchildren of the Lord Terry's. You want them to have a life of saying, yes, sir, when the Holy Spirit speaks to them. When they read in the Bible, as they're a young husband, and they read in the, in the Bible, husbands love your wives. You don't want them to say, but, but you don't know, I'll get to it, Ugh, I guess I'll love. No, you want them to say, yes, sir, and do it right away with a good spirit. That is the most important reason why you encourage in all ways you can appropriately your children to obey right away and with a good spirit. There will be a day when the Holy Spirit urges them to witness to her coworker. Yes, sir. There will be a time perhaps when God calls your son and says you ought to surrender to the ministry. We need more and more and more. You want to say, well, uh, you want him to say, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I trust you. Yes, sir. The only way for you to be a successful child of God, even today, is to have that same spirit. When God says go, you say, yes, sir. When God says stop, you say, yes, sir. Repent and be saved. Yes, sir. Get right with God. Yes, sir. Get up and go to church. Yes, sir. Pray. Yes, sir.